All right, final week of Plays Well with Others, the series that we've been in. How are you doing? Good, good. Because if, uh, when I think about my life, there are some areas that are going all right. And then there are some areas I would give myself like a solid D+. Plus. So why are we doing a series like this? It's because Jesus asks us to love each other in the same way he loves us. That's uh, sacrificially, with a servant heart, with radical forgiveness in spite of our differences. And I know that. I know that about Jesus. But if I'm really honest, a lot of times I feel like a two-year-old just getting started. I had a conversation with someone in the back of the room. Um, We were talking about when it's just me and God, I'm pretty good. (laughs) But you throw people into that and it gets harder. So this morning, we are together going to think about something that's at the very core of our ability to play well with others. It's forgiveness. So I wonder, what pops into your mind when you hear this word? I know for me, sometimes guilt. I feel guilty because I think I've forgiven someone, and before I know it, it's just right back in my heart, and I'm turning it over again. What about pain? How many of us missed out on a chance to connect with family over the holidays because of unresolved conflict? That's painful. And then we pass this stuff on to our kids, too. Uh, we pass on, uh, the, like, we teach our kids how to hold a grudge or how to punish the people who hurt us. We don't mean to do it. We just do. Forgiving can even be a little scary because if you are like alive in this world, you're going to be hurt by someone. And that makes us a little skittish about opening ourselves up again to being hurt. That's scary. So this topic of forgiveness brings up all kinds of feelings in us. But did you know that refusing to forgive actually makes us sick? Uh, When we refuse to forgive, we get this stress reaction in our body. And these chemicals make us tired. They make us prone to heart disease, anxiety, and depression. When we refuse to forgive, it's kind of like our hurt that we've received turns into an infection. And then bitterness and resentment get in that infection, and we get this pus pocket in our heart. Isn't pus pocket a great word? But it's a horrible thing to have in your heart. Refusing to forgive rots our hearts and it steals our joy. So I want to give you an overly simple definition of forgiveness, particularly in this idea of playing well with others, and it's this. Forgiving is when we decide to stop feeling resentment toward the person who harmed us. We decide we're going to stop feeling resentment towards the person who harmed us, and that usually means giving up retaliation and payback. So that's just our really simple definition of forgiveness this morning. So the weird thing is, I know these things. I know that refusing to forgive is a big deal, but for some reason, I still tend to gloss over forgiveness. And I don't know if it's because I don't really want to do it, or if it's because I don't really know how. But here is what I know. God forgives. And God knows how desperately 
We need forgiveness from each other. I believe that that is true. But we have to learn to forgive because it doesn't come naturally to us. So we're going to camp out in this one really simple verse from Colossians 3.13. I think it's something we could all memorize by the end of the day, and it's this. Remember, we just sang a whole bunch of things. And now Paul is encouraging his friends to remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Remember that. And Jesus, Paul's just picking this up from Jesus because Jesus taught this concept over and over and over again. Forgiveness flows from God to us and then allegedly to others. So I want you to look at the flow here. It comes from God to us and then we pass it on to others. But we have to decide to let forgiveness flow. Now, forgiveness is a hard topic, so we need lots of ways and pictures to think about it. So I think thinking about forgiveness as a flow from God to us to others, we breathe in forgiveness and then we breathe it out on the people around us is a good way, but I also think it's helpful to think about forgiveness like snorkeling. I think it's pretty obvious. Just like in snorkeling, you breathe in, and then you breathe out. We breathe in forgiveness from God, and then we breathe out forgiveness onto our family, our friends, our neighbors, and even our enemies. This is how life with God is meant to be lived. Breathe in, receiving forgiveness. Breathe it out on the people around you. Wouldn't it be easy if that was, it was that easy, right? Wouldn't it be great if it was that easy? So how many of you have ever snorkeled? Raise your hand, even in the bathtub. Okay, I love snorkeling. To me, when I'm snorkeling, I feel like I'm in a secret, magical world where time just stops. I love the rhythmic sound of breathing in and breathing out underwater like this. You can stay underwater for a long time while snorkeling. It's amazing until something blocks your snorkel like a giant wave just crashes over the top of you and up you come, spitting salt water, coughing, and you're just right back in the regular world. Remember, forgiveness is like breathing in and breathing out through a snorkel, breathing in forgiveness and breathing it back out. But refusing to forgive clogs the snorkel. Who wants to go snorkeling with this? Nobody, right? Refusing to forgive is like trying to snorkel with this. You know what happens when you can't breathe in or you can't breathe out? Let's try it. Everybody take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and hold it. Refusing to forgive stops the flow from God to us to others just like a duct tape snorkel. But it's worse than that. Uh, Not to overstate it, but it's death. Refusing to forgive is killing us. You can breathe again. It's killing us. So why do so many of us keep the tape on our snorkel? Why do so many of us refuse to forgive? 
Could it be that we're all messed up about what it really means to forgive? I think it could be. So we're going to go through just three misunderstandings about forgiveness, then we're going to talk a little bit about what forgiveness is, and then I'm going to give you two things to leave here with so you can jump into the forgiving flow. So misunderstandings about forgiveness, specifically as it relates well to playing with others. First, we tend to think that forgiving is letting people off the hook. Did you know that I can forgive a person without excusing what they've done? Does forgiveness mean that what they did is okay? No. We're free to call it what it is. If someone betrays me, it's a betrayal. If someone hurts you, that hurt is real. Sometimes the person, what the person did requires consequences. You can forgive someone and still call the police. You can forgive someone and decide you're not going to do business with that person anymore. You can forgive someone and still set firm, healthy boundaries with them. Forgiveness doesn't mean being a doormat, letting people walk all over you, because forgiveness is not the same as letting people off the hook. Second, common misunderstanding about forgiving. Forgiving... We, we often think that we need to wait for someone to get it, to, to ask for forgiveness, to apologize before we can forgive them. But forgiving is not waiting for them to admit what they did was wrong. So you're probably thinking, what about people who just don't get it? What about people who don't even know they did anything wrong? Can you forgive them? Like people who just don't get it, or they continue to do wrong and hurtful things? Can you forgive them? Yeah. We all have people in our life who don't get it. And if we wait to forgive them until they get it, we could carry around that pus pocket of infection, bitterness, and resentment until the day we die. Because they may never get it. Do you want to live like that? I know that I don't. Refusing to forgive will make my life miserable, and it will steal my joy. And they still won't get it. So I want you to just sit with this sentence for a little while. If you are waiting for someone to do something in order to forgive them, you are allowing their actions to control your life. Think about that for a minute. That is a huge amount of power to give another person. So we want to remember that our forgiveness is not dependent on what the people in our life do or don't do. We're going to go back to this piece of scripture that Paul wants his friends, wants us to remember. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Only you can take the duct tape off the end of your snorkel. Only you can breathe in forgiveness and breathe it out to the people around you. Forgiving is not waiting for someone else to do something. A third common misunderstanding about forgiving is this belief that forgiving is the same thing as forgetting. Forgiving is not forgetting. How many of you have heard that forgiving is forgetting? It sounds good, but it's just not true. Now, caveat. We all do things that we need forgiveness for. And in healthy relationships, 
I can do something hurtful, someone can forgive me, and things can go back to the way they were. It happens all the time in healthy relationships. It happens all the time in my marriage. I do something hurtful to Sean, he forgives me, things go back to the way they were before. But in a toxic relationship, other times forgiving might require remembering. Remembering helps us develop healthy boundaries so things don't go back to the way they were. This is really important. Do you know you can choose to forgive someone and decide not to have them in your life anymore? In a toxic romantic relationship, the relationship may be over, I may have forgiven, but I could choose not to have contact with that person anymore. You can choose to forgive someone and love them from a distance. If you have a friend that has hurt you and hurt you and hurt you and hurt you, you can forgive them, but you can choose not to go to parties with them anymore. These concepts have been so helpful for me. I hope they will help you too. just kind of square up in your mind this whole topic of forgiveness. Forgiving is not letting people off the hook. Forgiving is not waiting for people to admit they were wrong. And forgiving is not the same as forgetting. But now, the really hard stuff. What is forgiveness? First of all, I am certain from everything that I know about Jesus that for those of us who choose to follow Jesus, forgiveness is not optional. And we need to remember that we didn't earn our forgiveness from God and we don't forgive others because they deserve it. So how do we jump into this forgiving flow from God to us, to others? I think the first thing we have to realize is that forgiveness is a process. It's a process. And I believe that people me included, make the mistake of thinking that forgiveness is an event that I do once and I'm done with it. And that's just rarely true. Forgiveness is a process and you might not know where to start and that's okay. It may be as simple as just becoming aware that you have something to forgive. Being aware that you have something that you need to forgive, maybe a couple of some things. So Christmas Eve, I was right outside the stores uh, talking to a couple, and they just said something that made me think of a person who did this crappy thing, not even to me, to another person, and right away, I just started out on this whole detailed story about what this person did, and how much I don't like them, and how much I hope they get what they deserve, and I was halfway into my rant, and I remembered, Carla, you are gonna teach about forgiveness in two weeks. You are gonna put this verse on the screen. You are gonna tell people that forgiving is like snorkeling breathing in and breathing out forgiveness, and you have duct tape over your own snorkel. The first step in the process is becoming aware that you need to forgive. How do you know, then, if you're working the process? Well, if you decide to work the process and you wake up tomorrow morning and you're a little bit less angry than you were before, you have a little less need for revenge and retaliation, you're getting started. And that's great. You're breathing in forgiveness and you're breathing it out, even if it's just a little puff out. You're getting started and that's good. 
So the first step is just becoming aware that you have something you need to forgive. Step two of the process is, we've already talked about this a little bit, passing on to others what you have received. This idea that all forgiveness flows from God to us, and then we pass it on to other people. God, through Christ, has forgiven us. So, have you ever thought about it? What do you do with your forgiveness? What do you do with that forgiveness that's been given to you? This is the really active part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We absorb all the love, all the grace, all the forgiveness we've been given, and then we pass it on. And when we refuse to pass it on, we not only block love and forgiveness in the world, something way worse, that's really bad, but something worse happens. When we refuse to to forgive, when I refuse to forgive, I almost always pass something back. I pass back more hurt, more pain, more violence. We almost always do that. Think about uh, what happens when you hit your brother or your sister when you're a kid. What's going to happen? They're going to hit you back twice as hard. Well, at least in my family. You guys all might have had nicer families than me. But they hit you back twice as hard. This is the reality of the kingdom of this world. It's a cycle of violence that never ends. Instead of the forgiving flow that leads to life, remember it's a flow that leads to death. It's a death flow. This is why Jesus came. It's why he lived, died, and rose again to free us from this death flow. Which brings us to the third step in the process. Step one is realize that it's a process and you have something to forgive. Step two is to pass on to others what you've received. Don't just keep it for yourself. Step three is forgiving and then realizing that when you enter that process, you set someone free and it's you. Forgiving is setting someone free and finding out that it's you. This is my husband's favorite analogy about setting someone free and finding out it's you. It's like I take rat poison and then I wait for the rat to die. Get that picture in your mind for a minute. I take rat poison and then I wait and expect that the rat will die. When we enter the forgiving flow, we receive forgiveness from God and pass it on to the one who hurt us, we get set free. We are the ones who get set free. We were just singing about it. It's what it means. So why does God care about you being set free? Have you ever thought about that? Why is that so important to God? I believe it's because God has things for us to do. Things that require our whole heart, our whole mind, and all of our strength. And swimming in the forgiving flow frees us up to do those great things that God has for us in our families, in the world, in our neighborhoods, at work, at school. So forgiving is a process that starts with realizing you have something you need to forgive. It's passing on to others what we have received, that forgiveness that God has given us. And it's realizing that forgiving sets someone free and that someone is you. So in closing, here are two things that even a beginner like me 
can begin to do to swim in the forgiving flow. The first one is stop being so surprised. Think about Christmas or Thanksgiving with your extended family, okay? And are we really surprised when Uncle Buck or Aunt Pearl says that ignorant, ignorant or mean comment about a topic or a group of people? Are you really surprised? Let's be honest, we know it's going to happen. It's happened for the last 15 years. You knew before you left home it was going to happen. We kind of love being outraged and shocked and surprised about things. I think outrage and shock has become our national pastime. Like, turn on any news station and you'll see how soon you get shocked and outraged. Stop being so surprised in traffic or in line at the grocery store. Stop being so surprised on the sidelines of the soccer field or in the basketball bleachers. Stop being so surprised at that person who always spits in the drinking fountain at the gym. Stop being so surprised at work. That person that you just nurse that outrage or shock or surprise about. Just stop being so surprised that human beings do hurtful, painful, sinful things. Stop being so surprised. When we refuse to be surprised, and I've actually been practicing what I preach, when we refuse to be surprised or we notice it, that who I feel that surprise and that outrage coming, we notice it and we just stop it, we are in a great position. It's kind of like we're in runner's pose. We're poised to forgive. We're poised to enter the forgiving flow. Stop being so surprised. The second way to jump into the forgiving flow is to start something. So we're going to stop being so surprised and we're going to start saying a little prayer. It's this. Lord, help me see them the way you see them. So what happens to me when I refuse to forgive someone and I have resentment and bitterness and anger and maybe a little bit of desire for revenge, that person just shrinks down into that one thing they did to me. They're no longer a whole person with a story and a life and a world. I need to see people in a different light. I need to see people as part of this larger story, God's story. And this prayer is so simple, but it's radical. It will help us change the story. Because the story for me is often, I'm right, they're wrong, the end. But this prayer, God, help me see them the way you see them changes the story to, you know what, we're probably both wrong, but I've been forgiven no matter what, and I'm called to forgive them, the end. And then, praying this prayer reminds me how much I've been forgiven, it's over and over again, and it helps me have more compassion, and the whole point of it is so that we don't get stuck in the hurt, but we can move into the flow. We can receive forgiveness from God, breathe it in, pure air, clean forgiveness, and then we can learn what it looks like to breathe that forgiveness out on the people around us, like it's our job, because I think it is. I think this is one of the biggest jobs of a Jesus follower, to learn what it feels like to practice, to be creative about what it looks like to breathe in forgiveness from God 
and then breathe it out on the people around us, our family, our friends, our neighbors, even our enemies. And breathing clear, fresh air is really good. So uh, we pray with me, and we're going to continue to sing. Hope you can remember to take with you, stop being so surprised, and start saying that little prayer, God, help me see them the way you see them. Let's pray. God, our picture of you is so small. Uh, What you've done for us, the love that you pour out on us, the power you give us in the form of Holy Spirit, the forgiveness you give us, the freedom you give us to take a deep breath in of forgiveness and breathe it out just becomes kind of uh, normal for us. And we forget, God, that the forgiveness came at a great cost. The cost of your son suffering a humiliating, brutal death and then having that final battle with the death flow and rising again, victorious over sin, over death, and offering us this invitation, God, would you help us to have the courage and the creativity to live in your forgiving flow? It is really hard for us, God, but would you help us to uh, open our hands open our hearts. Would you help us do a little work with the bitterness and resentment that causes an infection in our hearts? Would you give us the courage to allow you to heal us slowly over time? And then would you help us release the forgiving flow out into the world so that we can live well with you, we can live well with ourselves, and we can live well with the people around us? We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.